children recognize the importance, the, the value of their fathers and what a blessing they are. And that's true for any parent, not just for fathers. Parents are a blessing. It's, it's an avenue, a tool that God uses to bring his blessings to us. So today let's look at our Father, our Heavenly Father, and how he blesses us, but also another person that we have in common as a father, and that is Abraham, who is called the Father of Believers. We're going to look at a couple of verses that the Apostle Paul wrote, we heard them before from Romans 4, in which he gives us this lesson by looking at Abraham. Follow in the footsteps of faith. Here are Paul's words again. And he, that is Abraham, received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, He is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised, that is, followed Jewish laws, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. You're familiar with the saying, like father, like... Okay. Simply put, we look at our fathers as setting an example for their children. And so it is we can look at some examples from Abraham's life and see what it means to live by faith, to follow in the footsteps of faith, as Paul put it. As I look back at the life of Abraham in the scriptures, there are three things that stand out to me about the footsteps of faith. And the first one is that you obey God's calling. I say that's the first one because that's the first thing we see about Abraham in the scriptures, how God called him to a special task. Let's go to the first time we hear about Abraham back in Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, from your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now, in case you're unfamiliar with the geography of the Holy Land and those cities that were referenced, here's a map. Off on the right side, you see where the red line starts, Ur of the Chaldeans. That's where Abraham was when God called him to leave, to go to Canaan, where the red arrow ends. It was too arduous a journey to simply cut across the desert. And so they would follow the way along the rivers where civilization was and then to come down into the land of Canaan. Imagine taking a trip like that back at that time, moving everything without allied moving vans, having a a busload of people but no bus. 
doing all that when you're 75 years old, not having a GPS, no travel brochures, no internet, no travel agent. Wow, how could somebody do that? The answer was faith. Now we might look at ourselves and say, I don't know if I could have taken a trip like that. Sometimes we have a hard enough time just getting across the city without using a GPS or something. How could somebody do that? And, and when I look at our life and, and you say, boy, where, you know, where does God want me to go? What does God want me to do? And, and how do I even know that to be able to take that step of faith? Let's take a little closer look at what Abram did in obeying the calling of God. The first thing is to discern God's calling with his word. In other words, if you want to know what it is you should do or what it is, where it is you should be or how you should serve, use God's word to discern that. Now, Abraham didn't have the Bible like we did, but he still had God's word, his message. He knew God loved him. He knew God had a will for him and would save him eternally. So God now, without the scripture, would speak directly to the people. We don't know exactly what that was like, but Abraham knew this was the Lord calling him. It was the Lord who loved him and had a plan for him. So he simply used the word he had to discern this is what God wants me to do. Then, after discerning that, he simply followed God's directing. Now, I think that's a miracle, right? Because men don't like to take directions. Men don't like to follow the paths given to them by others. They want to figure it out themselves. But Abraham, by faith, was going to follow the directing of God. I don't know if Abraham knew about Canaan before. Maybe he had been there, don't know. Maybe he found out from other people what it was like or where he should go, but it's not like there were travel brochures or signs and arrows and things like that. He simply looked around him. He listened to the voice of others, perhaps, but always following the command of God. And so he went there and arrived. And what amazes me, too, is that he was going to stay the course. There was no thought of turning back. Now, how do I know that? Because it says he accumulated everything he had. He didn't leave anything behind saying, well, let's test this out, and if it doesn't work, we can always come back because we still have our trailer or our tent here to live in or whatever else. He gathered it all. He gathered all his people, and he went. Now, I imagine that there were some challenges along the way. We know what it's like to travel a distance and have the challenges that we face. Imagine what it was like in that day. But he did not turn away from God's direction. He stayed the course. Even when he got to the land, we heard that description, it said it was filled with Canaanites. In other words, there was other people living there. But that didn't deter Abraham from believing that this was now his home. This was the land God was giving him. He stayed the course because this was God's will for him. Do you know where you should be in life? Do you know what God is calling you to do, to be, 
how you should serve? Start with the Word. Know God's will for your life with His Word. We have the blessing of that written Word. God's will is revealed to us there. It starts with the Ten Commandments as a summary of how we should live. There are many other directives in scriptures too. And then we have those simple callings and directings of God. Look around and and see how he is directing you with the people he's put in your life, the opportunities he sets before you, the open doors he walks you through, people and their needs. All of those are God's directing of your life. When you see that, then you realize This is where God wants me to go. And then simply follow in faith. Trust that no matter what you're going through, no matter what step you're taking, God will always be with you to guide you, to point you in the right direction, to support you along the way. That's obeying the calling of God. And that's the the first footstep of faith that we see from Father Abraham. Now, we like to use uh, the, the phrase, faith alone, referring to our salvation. We're saved by faith alone, not by what we do. But it's also true that faith is never alone. It has a companion, a leader. That companion is God's promises. And so the second footstep of faith that, that we learn from Abraham is simply this to trust God's promises. Now, there are two things I'd like to highlight about God's promises, and the first is this. God's promises are always kept. Let me give you an example from Abram's life. Right after God called Abraham to leave his land, he gave him this set of promises. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth, all peoples, will be blessed through you. Wow, some pretty big promises. And they were kept. Abraham did become the father of a great nation, the nation known as Israel. That was started thousands of years ago and is still in existence today. And I'm not just talking about that political country we call Israel today. I'm talking about us, the Israel of God. All those who believe in Jesus are identified as the children, as the sons, as the nation of Abraham. Millions, billions, maybe trillions of people throughout time. Indeed, that was a promise kept. And Abraham was supplied with all he needed. He was given that land. He was given protection. He was made a great man. We have evidence of that also. Right after Abraham moved and then he journeyed down to Egypt and then came back, we're told this. So Abraham went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. God provided for him, not only with those possessions, but with people in his life as well. 
God kept his promise. And so you and I can trust that too. God will always keep his promises. And there's something else that's, that's comforting and encouraging about that, and that is this. God's promises always bless. Really? You might wonder. Uh, if they are kept, sometimes I don't feel like I'm being blessed, and, and we might have some doubts about that. Well, even the father of believers, Abraham, had some doubts as well. Remember, he was promised to be a great nation, which meant he would have children. And we hear at the age of 90, he still doesn't have children. And he has some doubts. Let's listen in to this dialogue that he has with God. Now, after these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I'm childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abram continued, Look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. And then he took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord. And he, the Lord, credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham was blessed through God's promises. Not only because the promise was kept, but this promise itself became a blessing. First of all, that promise gave Abraham faith or trust. Now, I can make a promise to you, and you may not trust what I say, that I will do it. But with God, when he makes a promise, that promise also works inside of us to give us faith, trust in it. Abraham believed God's promise without the physical evidence. It was through that trust then that God credited righteousness to Abraham. That is, he made Abraham right in his sight. Abraham knew he wasn't right with God. Abraham was well aware of his sinfulness and his doubts. The scriptures even record examples of that for us. So he's not the, the model Christian in that regard, but he was modeled in the fact that he believed God's grace to save him, to forgive him. He knew that simply by God's love, he was right with God. For you see, the greatest promise that God has given us is salvation by grace, by his unconditioned, unearned love, which comes to us through faith. The promises of God, trust them. That's a footstep of faith. Do you know the promises of God for you? As I was writing this, I remembered that on my bookshelf I had a, a little book called the Bible Promise Book. And I thought, well, maybe I could pull a few promises out here and share them with you. But the whole book is just filled with scripture passages that relate just a small number of the promises of God. And in the beginning, it, it gives us a list of the different categories. 
It talks about God's promise for, for belief, uh, for children, for comfort, for courage, God's promise in death, God's promise regarding enemies, God's promise for faith and for fear and for hope, uh, for, uh, for joy, God's promise for love. And, and it just goes on and on. There's over 60 categories by this author taking the promises of God. By the way, if you want to look at a book like this, I asked our bookstore to pick up a few copies, and there are some available for a couple of bucks. But what this points out to me is this. God's promises are abundant. God has promises for every aspect of our life. You know them. Now trust them. But when you read the promises, you look at your life and you wonder, is it true? Are they going to be kept? How do I know? We have assurance that God will keep his promises because of Jesus. That was the greatest promise, right? Didn't God promise that he would send a Savior? And he did, his own son, Jesus. Didn't God promise that we would be right with him? That all of our disobedience would be removed and all obedience would be credited to us through faith? It is through Jesus who lived for us. Didn't God promise that somebody would die in our place as the sacrifice to remove all of our sins? He kept that promise in Jesus. And didn't he promise that even though we die, we will live? He showed that in Jesus' resurrection. And so we have the assurance that all of God's promises will be kept because of Jesus. In fact, the Apostle Paul highlights that for us when you continue reading on in in Romans chapter 4. He says this, The words, it was credited to him, that is, that account from Abram's life, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us, who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. God's promises bless us. The words that Paul cites from King David earlier highlight that. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. We're blessed because of Jesus. And that's why Paul summarizes then, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace, wholeness, comfort, and joy with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul would go on to say, He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all, won't he along with him freely give us all things? And indeed, God keeps that promise and gives us all that we need. So, the promises of God, they are reliable because of Jesus. Take the footstep of faith and simply trust That footstep starts by hearing the promises, believing they're true, trusting, holding on to them, and living by them.
that's a footstep of faith. We know that the promises of God, though, are, are not just for you and me. We know that those promises are meant for everyone, literally everyone. And so the third footstep of faith, the third, third lesson of faith that we can learn from Abraham is simply this. Pass on those promises. You see, one of the things that stood out in the Old Testament uh, among those early believers especially was the passing on of the birthright, the privilege of, of now becoming the head of the family. But with that also came the blessing that through your line, the Savior would come. Abraham had that promise given to him, and, and he passed it on to his son, who passed it on to his son, who passed it on to his son, and so forth. And aren't you glad that all that so forth happened? Because you and I, thousands of years later, are the heirs of that same promise. Now, how did all that happen? Simply by teaching the Word. Abram and Sarah taught their children about the Lord. They passed on the promises. And their children passed on the promises and so forth. What we learn is this. That faith starts in the home. Parents have the responsibility to pass on the promises of God. The church is here to assist parents to do that. The church is here to provide opportunities for that through uh, children's ministries, through a school that we operate. But the responsibility starts first in the home. Teach the word. We also know that since that promise is for everyone, we have a calling from God to tell every nation. For those promises included that promise of a Savior, that all nations of the world, all people would be blessed. And so God calls us to tell every nation about the Savior. This past week, I, I was in Phoenix for the convention of our church body, this, uh, the churches of our church body in this section, this corner of the United States. And it was interesting to hear all the mission work that's being done all over the world, how God is opening new doors for us, and we, by faith, are answering that call, following his direction, trusting his promises, and spreading that word. And we'll be sharing more with you in, in the weeks and months ahead about what is going on, and you can follow some of that on the bulletin board display that'll be up there saying, tell every nation. But what's also encouraging to me is how we're a part of that. It's not just somebody else doing it and we're just praying for them, but we're supporting them with our offerings and with our gifts. And we're doing that very thing here as well. In a couple of weeks, we'll be adding to our ministerial staff two people of international cultures to help us reach out to the world that God has planted around us here. It's a reminder for us to obey God's calling to tell every nation. And you and I know the blessings of God's word. We know its beauty. We know its power in our life. So we also know then how important it is for others to have it. So let's pass it on. Parents, this is your responsibility. I know it's summer. I know that sometimes it means, well, let's relax, let's change our schedules. But let's not change the opportunities to get into God's word. 
and that applies to all of us. Let's dig deeper into God's Word, trusting those promises that we need every life, because the challenges of life don't go away just because it's summer. Let's grow in those opportunities, and let's make the commitment to keep telling every nation, to support the work that we have going on here and throughout the world. I opened the message today by playing that video. It was entitled, I'll Need You, Dad. And that's true for every one of us in regard to our Heavenly Father. We need Him. The good news is, He's always there and will always bless. The proof of it is in the Father of faith, Abraham. So may God fill our lives with the Holy Spirit that we keep following in the footsteps of faith. Amen.